the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 140, recorded Saturday, April 26th, 2014. Link Link. AV Week is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name's Tim Albright. Hi, how are you? Um, that's the logo there, so let's get rid of that. Uh, this week on AV Week, we're going to be talking about uh, some pro stuff, some resi stuff, some Internet of Things stuff. Um, Arrow, one of my favorite um, cutting the cable um, companies, is going to court Supreme Court, no less. Uh, this week, so we'll talk about that. Uh, but first, let's welcome our guests. A first-timer, uh, a really cool guy that uh, that I didn't meet it at the BLC, but I met his dad and some other cool folks from uh, Atlas Sound. His name is John Ivey from Atlas Sound. How are you, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you, Tim, for inviting me. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming. Uh, George Tucker, the left and right side of my brains today because I'm fried. Uh, he's from World Stage and AV Week and AV Nation and all that jazz. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, last but not least, a two-for-one deal. Uh, the one on the left, his name's Chris Netto from, uh, well, he's from AV Help Desk, but also from uh, from Red Band. And the guy on the right is Todd Anthony Puma, also from Red Band. How are you guys? We're doing well. Well, I'm doing well. What are you doing? I'm doing really well. All right. Yeah, well, so Let's whose go. house are we in? Or did you guys break into somebody else's house? This is not <laughs> house. We're actually working on somebody's house. You're, okay. Oh, you're working on somebody's house. Okay, I see. <laughs> We had about 15 minutes before the alarm goes off, so that's yeah. excellent. Let's make it quick. So one of you screwed up somebody's programming somewhere. That's why you're there. All right. <laughs> uh, as we've been, 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 been doing all month, uh, <laughs> AV Nation and AV Week is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Um, yeah, it's a really cool conference table with racks in it. Uh, Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on? Check them out because, yeah, it's... I said this last week, and I'll say it during the during the the live read. I did a job just last week that I swear to you, I've been I wrote the program in January. I've been done with this job since then, and I've been working on this custom millwork since then. So I, I wish I would have known about the their tech pad back in January because I would have spec it then. Uh, first up, we are just about two months out. Actually, less than two months out. Uh, today is the twenty sixth of, uh, of of April, so we're less than than six weeks out from, um, or less than eight weeks out from Infocom. One of the biggest, um, the, well, one of the platinum sponsors. Let's just start there. Is Microsoft, and uh, this week Tim uh, Cradell uh, wrote a piece in the uh, in the All Voices blog for Infocom, saying that Microsoft Link. This is what they're going to be showing. This is what they're going to be coming with. This is Microsoft's foray into Pro AV. Uh, so, gentlemen, this is what you're here for to get your two cents on this. Uh, first question is: it, you know, is he right? Is this what uh, is this what Microsoft's doing? Is this is this where they're going? Uh, and and this 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 is the link is their hook into into Pro AV. 
George, what say you? Is this is this how Microsoft's getting into AV, and this is what they're going to be showing primarily at uh, at uh, Infocom? Well, I don't think it's what they're going to primarily be showing. No, okay. I think that would be um, everyone and their brother showed some sort of piggyback onto this last year, whether it was AMX, Crestron, and the, all the other guys. Yeah. Somebody and everybody had a logo in the corner somewhere that said they were doing something with it. So I'd be very surprised if that was all they came with, because it would be like, oh, really? <laughs> is it a foray? Sure. Just as any other teleconferencing company is doing a version of that anyway. Microsoft has an install base, and they have that Microsoft Outlook server stuff. This is something they've been working on for a couple of years now, though. If you're an Outlook user and you upgraded within the last four years, you've noticed that there are elements of social connection in it. There's a place to put pictures, their contact references, call them directly, use, um, I'm, it's escaping my mind now, but the Microsoft communicator that they put out. Their IM? Or... Yeah, their IM plus a, a video one. There's ways to do that. So you can have on-the-fly conferencing via Outlook. Or at least that was the plan, and that's what I think Lynx is. So I, I, everyone's already piggybacking on it. It's a nice sort of freebie, I guess, to get onto. But I don't think it's their only element, and I think there's much more to come. John, you guys have a number of IP products, you know, IP speakers and stuff like that. Is, is this does it make sense? I guess for for that for that to be where Microsoft is headed. We're we're going to try to get this soft codec because let's be honest, that's what it is. It's a software based um, uh, video conferencing mm -hmm. system where you know you put it on a PC, you put it on 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 a piece of hardware, and then you've got to get you know audio and video to it, and you've got to get audio and video out of it. Um, does that make sense for them to be showing, you know, primarily a soft codec, or, or is it maybe something else going on? Uh, maybe they might be leading with that, but they might be having something over here in the corner to say, by the way, you should check this out because this is really what we're showing. Right. So um, all of us use Skype, Google Hangouts, a lot of these other video conferencing programs, which we leave our Outlook or, or whatever we're, we're doing for productivity that day to go use a, a secondary service, right? I can see Microsoft getting a foothold into that. Uh, but at the BLC, as you mentioned, I was talking with uh, John uh, Laughlin from uh, CTI and Eric. I think he was on your show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they were disclosing some of the magic sauce of having really, truly good video conferencing. It can't just be a, a webcam from a laptop to 27 different people around, around the world. That really doesn't create the, the proper experience. You need similar rooms, similar conference tables, really good cameras um, to, to make that uh, virtual presence uh, a, a reality. So I'm interested to see if this is just going to be another video messaging um, Skype kind of thing where it's easier to access through Outlook, or if they're really going to take it to the next level where Link can truly be a very high resolution, high fidelity, high intelligibility, um, contender in the in the marketplace, and then where's the payoff for the manufacturers? Where's the payoff for the integrators? Well, real quickly before we before we get away from that, does it need to be high fidelity? Does it need to be this this high end? Because the reason I ask is because um, I I came from from education, right? And yes, we had now um, oh, our first Polycom uh, VTC was put in in like oh five or oh four. It was a hundred thousand dollars, right? Uh, and the next one was considerably less than that because it was a you know five or six years later. And then if you put one in today, you know a codec a, a codec system is going to cost you again depending on who you use somewhere between the neighborhood of five and fifteen thousand. But well, you've got you know but but you've got these professors who walk in 
with their iPads or, or something else, and they want to bring in somebody on Skype, right? So <laughs> that's why I'm or, or, or Google Hangouts. Nothing against either. Love them both. I've used them both. That's how we we launched this network. But it's not, you know, a, a 1080p camera. You know, that that that's why I'm asking. Does it have to be high fidelity? I think it does, and, okay. and and I don't feel like I'm in the room with you right now, Tim, True. Or, or or George or Chris, right? We're all on on Hangouts right now, and I I would get perturbed if we collaborated like this for more than an hour, right? Where where a lot of our meetings uh, corporately, we have a video conferencing system, and we sit around it, and we feel like we're in the same room. Okay. It, it, it doesn't bother us to sit there for three to four to five hours. Everyone's heard, everyone's seen. And uh, it, it really is an extension of the conference room we're in, not something that's done remotely like this. So I, I really do believe there's magic sauce to video conferencing, and a lot of that has to do with the interaction, how, how comfortable it is. How much do you feel like the person you're wanting to get your point across to is right there on the other side of the table, even if they're on the other side of the world? No, that's, no, that's a good point. That's a very good point because, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I'm in the well with George, but I know George, so. But are, I have to ask this though. But are we fighting the same battle we did with MP3s? Well, I think no, I, qualitatively, I, think, I get what you're saying. But and for a long, maybe high Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company, I can see that. But for the workaday startups, the the enter, the entrepreneurs who are doing stuff like this, they were already accustomed to doing it this way with maybe just a slightly better camera. And a better, a little bit, you know, slightly better audio, but not the degrees you're talking about. Now, I agree with you, and I wish it were that way, but I really fear we're, you know, we're having that fight between MP3 or FLAC or uncompressed, and I don't know. Well, there's already a solution out there for that. We're on it right now. There's Hangouts, there's Skype, etc. So the only thing I, I, I see is that they're making it easier to access. They're making it part of the, the native application that you're using on a daily basis. Right. I, I, I love Mac, and I use Outlook because we have Exchange servers at work. So would we switch over because we have Exchange servers um, uh, to this platform? Yeah, sure. If it works better, there's less uh, latency. Yeah, probably. But would I really want to use it when I have uh, 25, 35 people sitting around the table that are paid serious dollars per hour? Probably not. It, 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 well, unless unless it's as quality of the current conferencing system we use, where all the rooms look similar, we all feel like we're we're, we're together. The intelligibility is amazing. There's very little, if any, latency. That's that's where I think they're going to have to hit. Now, if they start bringing down the price of that magic sauce, right, yeah. where we all feel like we're in the same room, what's in it for the integrator? What what does it do to promote our business? Well, it, it <laughs> here's here's the catch on that. It doesn't. It it's um, it becomes it becomes a flat panel, right? It becomes, and I hate to say that because you know. Um, a lot of integrators, that's how they, they made their bones in the industry, and now they're, you, know, you, you get to the point where they have to evolve into something else. But it doesn't. I mean, th then you either you become the, the conduit for getting that video in and out, you know, like I said, um, because you know, Link, you've got Link, you've got Fuse, you've got, you have a number of other different soft codecs. Um, there are, are companies out there that are making the, the connection points, right? Uh, there, there are, um, you know, they'll take high-quality video, high-quality audio, convert it into USB or convert it into a signal that the camp, the, the, the computer can use in the software-based codec, and then, you know, the software takes it from there. Well, Tim, my concern is um, our customers are integrators. Yeah. And what integrators were, were paid for for many, many years is to make all of this stuff work together.
right? You walk into a conference room, you push one button, projector comes on, amplifier comes up, microphones come on, it all works flawlessly. And um, as if good enough is, is okay, um, like MP3s, you know, it doesn't do us any good. That's not where our magic is as, as an industry. Our magic is making the experience amazing, right? Yep. Simple to use. And so as these other good enough technologies come in, it really concerns me that if our, our industry embraces them, and again, I don't know what Microsoft's going to show, but unless it adds value to our integration dealer base, and unless it provides an amazing experience, it concerns me. I don't want good enough to ever be good enough, right? That's not what our industry does. We Good enough would be a residential speaker in a commercial application. Yeah, can you hear it? Eh, okay, is intelligibility good? Nah, probably not. Yeah, right. I want us to provide and continue to provide amazing experiences. Is it so, good? I, I mean, again... I have no vested interest in in Microsoft, so I can I can say these things that exactly. it concerns me unless it's amazing. Well, no, it's 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 a good point. I mean, we we need to keep providing these exceptional experiences for I'm an integrator, so for our clients, right? And and guys like John help me do that as an integrator, keep you know delivering these experiences. And sometimes, as an integrator, you're you're hamstrung a little bit, right? I, I was at a, a job site on Friday. Where I was, I sat there for three hours trying to recreate um, a, a a failure, honestly, and it didn't fail. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, it was, yeah, you know, I responded to email for three hours, but it was. It's a system where um, there are nice speakers in the in the ceiling. There are nice, uh, uh, you know, uh, overhead uh, microphones, and um, there's great camera. But the inter the interface to the outside world is a computer with with fuse and also link on it. And you are hamstrung because at that point it's it's what what exactly is failing right what what's what's causing the issue, and when I've got all of my different whiz bang little monitors up and I'm watching everything from from our end, and what I and unfortunately it's still in our end and their end right there's still IT guys right. over there with 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 computers from our end and I don't see anything happening and and I'll go at, at seven o'clock on Monday morning because that's when they're having their next actual live meeting and. I'll sit there for another three hours with all of my little monitors and, and hope, pretty God, something fails that we can at least diagnose. But we're hamstrung because there are these pieces, little by little, where they're not ours, right? They're not ours to control anymore. They're not ours to spec. Um, and all we can do as integrators is say, here's our list of things that we have control over. And it's none of these things. <laughs> so let's start looking at, at the things that it's not, right? It, 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 or the things that we don't have control over that it might be might be affecting it. Right. But as integrators, I believe our industry has to work closer with the network guys. So it's, it's still going to be our problem. And from oh, a manufacturer, yeah. I, I sell IP speakers, right? About 70% of the failures I get back, which is less than 1%, but 70% of the less than 1% I get back are no problem found. And we have to pick up the phone and call the network guy and go, uh, it's your network. Are you running multicast or unicast? You know, um, do you have gigabit switches? What's going on? What, you know, and, and a lot of times they're going, no. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you talk to, if there's an AV guy in the building, right? Yeah. Then we have to get past him and say, what switches are you running? Are they, are they really PoE, PoE, et cetera, right? So we as an industry have to do that better because if it fails, just like they called you, Tim, or they would call myself because my name is on the back of that product, mm -hmm. they automatically think it's the thing in the room they can see. 
yep. went very well. All of our product can work perfectly. But as soon as it hits that computer, it could be a, a multitude of things over, over the network or within the computer, et cetera, et cetera, but we're still getting blamed for it. Yep. Right? So that's as, and that's just what I tell all my, my integration partners. I'm like, listen, guys, you need a partner that does this stuff, or you guys got to learn to do it, or hire some staff that can do it because we're all going onto the network. Yep. It's, it's a reality. It's happening already. We got Cobranet, we got Dante, AVB, VOIP, and, and some proprietary ones as Atlas has. You know, we, we are all going there. So we better understand what happens after our perfect signal hits that RJ jack, right? Yep. And what happens, because if it comes out poorly on the other end, it's still our fault. At least they think it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they may be running, you know, a fifty-six k modem for crying out loud, and, and <laughs> you wouldn't know it. So, uh, Mr. Neto, let's uh, let's kick it with you first. What's uh, what what's what's Microsoft doing? Uh, are they are they going to bring a link in, in full force, or or what are we what are we talking about? Absolutely. And I say that with confidence because that is what everybody wants to talk about in the corporate world. I mean, I spend, that's where I, I spend my days on site. So I see and I'm in there in those meetings with the IT people. I work under an IT division in my, uh, my daily basis. Though I'm an AV consultant, I'm the AV guy in a room full of IT nerds. And Link is at the tip of their tongue. That's the first thing that they talk about. The acceptance of good enough versus not good enough, um, it, it's hard. It's hard because you have to put yourself in an IT mindset, okay? First thing, the computer that they're going to be using for Link, all right, is going to be a computer that was sent out to bid to integrators, not to integrators, to PC manufacturers to get the cheapest and best product that they can for the money, okay? Right off the bat, you're not going to get a good video board. You're not going to get a good sound board. You're not going to get the extra stuff that you need or would want to power these Link calls you'll have good enough in there. So it starts right there at the laptop, okay? And then you're hoping that that holds up and then you connect to the network, all right? The concern on the IT side is if we light up link or video to everybody on a campus environment, you're gonna see, you know, it, it would be like a, like a comedy sketch in a movie where, you know, everybody starts making link calls and the lights start dimming. You know, it's, <laughs> it, you know, alarms are going off, nuclear guys are, you know, hitting the power switches, you know, this is Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation, this is exactly what's happening. Everybody goes on link, everything starts failing, and it starts at the PC. Unfortunately, we're the easy ones to blame, because when you associate video, the first thing, regardless that it's link and it's a PC-based, soft-based application, it's still a video call, and video becomes that deceiving term. So where we have been for years pumping out, you know, the best quality in the video and in the audio side and integrating amps and speakers and trying to get that perfect environment, you know, we could do all that. But the anchor is going to be the, the hardware that they're using and the network, obviously. Um, and then from an IT mentality... Good enough has always been good enough for IT. Look at how they support clients. 24-hour turnarounds with tickets. There's no calls. There's no staff. There's nobody running to your desk anymore. If your computer fails, you throw that out and you get another one. Then you got to reset all your settings. We are not in that business. 
we've never been in that business. On-site on support people don't have 24 hours to respond to stuff. So now link failures happen on a corporate, on, on, on a corporate or campus basis. What do you do? Do you call the AV guys to come help, or do you call your IT desktop specialist, which there's probably like two left on campus, because the rest is all phone support. And what are they going to do? Reboot your PC? I mean, we talked about this on Friday, Tim. Yeah, yeah. These laptops and stuff that the corporate uh, customers are dishing out, you know, do they have the memory to run multiple applications? Because they could have Windows open with four Excel sheets. They could have the link going. They could have um, Outlook going. This is all draining out of your PC. And then there's one hiccup in audio, and it's a failure in video. And it becomes my problem, you know. Unfortunately... <laughs> You know, it's it, it's a complicated situation. All we can do is put what we think is the best thing that that computer can output to, to a nice to a to a, to a decent amp, to a set of speakers, to a nice monitor. And we have to explain, and this is what we do on a daily basis: is that is just when you sit at your desk with your laptop and you dock it, you got a monitor, you get speakers. You don't call me if that thing fails. But because you're in a conference room and it's the same setup essentially. For these length things, you're going to call me, and I'm going to get yelled at. So it's 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 an education thing, and it really needs the same battle that we've been fighting with architects and designers of spaces that they need to work with AV to integrate technology into spaces. That same battle happens on a daily basis with IT professionals who put a jack in the wall, and their job is done. It's not. They really need to move with with the technology, whether it's updating the switches, updating the network, getting the network backend ready for something like this. Something more robust. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and Todd, to, to, I mean, Todd, Chris does the, the is primarily, it lives in, in the corporate AV world. Todd is, is primarily in, in residential. Is there anything, with the exception of obviously Xbox One, um, <laughs> would, I don't know if it, here's the thing with Xbox One. Xbox One, from a residential standpoint, they're still, they're still trying to be right. This, this cable center of, of your, your digital world, your, your home world. With the exception of maybe Xbox One, Todd, do you see anything that Microsoft has from, for, for residential, or is that pretty much the extent of it and, you know, maybe bringing link calls home? To be honest with you, the Xbox One, it's a newer technology, so I don't like to dabble in newer technologies. Um, obviously, the Connects has been out. Uh, it's been doing this thing for a while. But to be honest with you, this, this whole end is something new to me and something I've been working on, actually, with Rich Fogosa, because a client in the residential world wanted to do something with video conferencing. Um, so we are actually working with uh, one of the manufacturers Rich suggested uh, in order to kind of get the customer the best uh, visual, like Chris was saying, and um, also the best audio. Um, but to be honest with you, it's kind of like something that I'm not as experienced in. So I kind of go like but, Chris. But you will be. You yes, will be will. When, when my executive goes home and wants to call into his office. Now, in, in, in your commercial, in my commercial side and you're the residential side, and this is like, you know, I'm Felix and he's... Uh, um, who's uh, the odd couple? We are definitely Oscar. the odd couple. It's He's o it's I think, I think you're Oscar more Oscar. And Oscar and Felix. <laughs> Oscar. I would be more, I guess, Oscar. Yes. Uh, yes in, in, it, when that executive goes home, this is where Link has the advantage over the standard VC systems. You know, you have a computer at home, you have a setup at home. Is your home network going to be 
robust enough to give you that quality. And that's going back to, to what Jonathan was saying is that, you know, if you you don't have that immersive experience in 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 the residential side, where is the home office technology that's going to link it back to the office? Is it still going to be just a guy sitting behind a laptop or will Todd now start getting calls now for, you know, a more integrated system at home that they can come back to, dedicated lines or or whatever the case may be on the home front. You know, that's a, that's a that's the other side of video that is not within the control of the of the on-site corporate people, but they're the outsiders trying to access in. Well, and here's to back to John's point about getting, you know, making sure that that as integrators we're we're up on on IT. Um, and people are going to send me hate mail for this and don't throw anything. This is where I see pro AV folks getting into the residential space. And and this is where I see the danger for guys like guys like Todd who who live and work in in resi in resi all day because if I'm a pro a pro integrator, pro AV integrator, I already have experience, right, with with making sure the networks work and and, and set and maybe possibly even setting up networks. I mean there there are companies AV companies in St. Louis who their you know 10 20 Thirty percent of their business is doing IT already, right? I mean, this this is these are guys who are, who are forward thinking and um, trying to to you know hone their own IT skills. People like that, companies like that, pose a threat, I think, to to residential who, if if all you're doing is you're hanging a monitor and, and making sure that the Crestron is nice and pretty and, and pushes all the right buttons at the same time, and then. Does you know they start asking you exactly what Chris said? You know, hey, I want to start making link calls, or hey, I want to start doing Zoom, you know, making sure that my network is set up. And you give them that that deer in the headlight look. You're you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, we need to be you know resident our, our residential brothers and sisters need to be as up on IT as as our pro people do because you're going to start getting those those calls and you're going to start getting those those uh the those specs that says you know I need my network to be. 10 gigabits for AVB or, you know, something. The difference is that so with, with residential, if you have, um, you know, when, I, when I'm at home, I talk to our people in Hong Kong all the time, and if we have delay or the call drops, it's no big deal, right? We get back on it five minutes later, it's okay. If I have 30 people sitting around a conference table in multiple facilities, which we have some in uh, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Illinois, Hong Kong, Phoenix, Texas, I'm paying 30 people on average, let's say $100 an hour, whatever, and that call drops, it costs me a lot of money, right? So I, I have to, you know, reinitiate the call, try to get everyone else back on it. So I, I think the the home side of it's a nice to have, but it's not a have to have. You don't think where there's going to come a point where, where it's a have to have yet? You know, I, I think that people, like George said earlier, um, are okay at home with their music and their other things with it just being all right, okay. right? It, it can just be okay, but that's not the experience I need at work. You know, we're a serious company with serious competitors. We got serious people on the line. It can't just be okay. So um, the other side of this, this, this whole IT integration is, how long before the, if it does adapt to being just okay, does it try to make its way into life safety or emergency communications or et cetera, et cetera? You know, as as you guys probably know, my tech, our parent company, owns IED which is uh, the, the, the world's largest airport communication company, right? We do the majority of the world's international airports. Uh, we've had people come to us and be like, I oh, just put it on the regular network. We don't need redundancy, et cetera. And we're like, oh, no, 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 no. You absolutely need redundancy. <laughs> I'm sorry, are we talking you about life safety here? Are you serious? Well, listen, yeah, this is oh, also, 
Think about the, uh, the people who put up the video wall in that, uh, uh, in that airport that fell down. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're I mean, come on, he's yeah. got a point. The simple well, fact is that some people aren't thinking about it. Well, and I've sold, and, and, and I don't want to disclose numbers, but I've sold millions of dollars of IP speakers this year to applications that go into life safety, right? Schools, et cetera. And uh, a, a large part of that where people don't always think, because the IT managers now have the budget. It used to be the AV guys. Yeah. Now the IT guys have the money. So they go, oh, I understand this. I, I understand how this VOIP thing works. I understand the resolution restraints and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to put this in school classrooms, et cetera. Okay, great. We love that. It's wonderful. Every speaker's its own zone, et cetera, et cetera. You got to make sure your network's, you know, substantial has redundancy because God forbid there's ever an emergency in that school and you know multiple people start making calls to the front office or she's trying to pay them for multiple zones and the system goes down. Is so it, it, I'm scared of good enough. Good enough scares me. To, to that point, John. Uh, Bring back analog. Eighteen gauge disappear. Good night. Real, real quick, and we're going to take a break here. Uh, John, do you guys, as as a company, and maybe you or uh, you know other people that make you know um, speakers. Is there something that you have in in I don't know if it's a spec sheet or in your in your FAQ where you spell out okay if you're going to use my product my my IP speaker you have to have X Y and Z minimums on your network. So um, uh, yes, um, how we do it as a company, and uh, this is uh, I don't want to get too detailed into it yeah. is um, we work with consultants and architects on a daily basis. We have a um, a thing called Zendesk and Atlas Design Support where we actually help compose the specifications. So we have network engineers on staff that will go in and look at the existing network and then make the recommendations of what the network has to have as far as power backup, switches, redundancy, etc. Um, for what we require to sign off on it as a, a certified compliant system. Right, and IED does the same thing. So two, we have two companies that both kind of do the same thing. And once that happens, you know, I'm happy to extend warranties, discounts, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, this goes back to him, and I, and I know this is a different conversation, but um, the recurring revenue model is how the IT industry really keeps their guys funded on jobs that are already sold. Okay. Right. They keep improving software, which we're going to talk about maybe later with this open SSL thing. But they they keep improving. They keep making sure the network stays up, et cetera. Their the software has improvements. I think our industry absolutely has to adopt a similar model. It's not just selling a system anymore because yeah. it's not analog anymore. Uh, we're going into this realm. We have to continually do software updates, firmware updates. We should be selling maintenance packages on everything going forward. It's becoming more common, and as soon as our, our, our products integrate with the network, that should be a requirement for every manufacturer. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there is, and that, in my opinion. Well, and here's the thing. We, we, we'll talk about the BLC because uh, John had an interesting conversation that I want to I kind of hash over. Um that was the the one, the one the one common denominator, right? During during the BLC, at least that's one of the things I took away from it, uh, and that's the the NSCA Business Leadership Conference in uh, in uh, February in in Dallas. Um, I'll put a link to the couple different things that we've written about it, and, and other people have too. But service contracts, right? Service, 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 service. I mean, everybody there, uh, from the people in the audience to the the speakers on stage, that was the the primary driving thing. Was you have got to start selling services. 
um, because all of us, you know, let's not, you know, let's not pull any punches. All of us can sell pretty little boxes that do, that do one, two, and three things, right? Um, it's how you take care of the customer and it's how you, you service them along the way that's really kind of going to define your uh, define your your success or your failure. So. And it's the customer experience. And what yeah. we're doing as a company, I know some others are, is we have to support our integrators that are trained, qualified, et cetera. So right now, some integrators sell services, but they don't necessarily have the backing of the manufacturer. So IED already sells a platinum insurance plan, Atlas will, coming up at Infocom. But what we're going to offer our integrators is we'll cover all of the firmware updates, software updates, failures in the field, even even labor to replace a failure. Transducers don't go down a lot, but some of you know IP boards do some other times. Uh, we have to, as as a group of manufacturers, start supporting the integrators so they're not let, left out to dry if something goes you know horribly awry, right? So. Uh, I, I think that manufacturers need to get together and say this is kind of standardized how we can support our integrators so they're they're comfortable in offering an extended warranty period or a maintenance program on the entire system not just the labor uh, on the entire thing so if something goes wrong we, we have their back yeah. as manufacturers and I, and I hope that other manufacturers you know start offering similar programs yeah that, that makes a whole lot of sense so. hey Tim yes sir in, in the world of I of like an IP-based hardware product, um, I have found that you, it, back in the day, it used to arrive in a box, and back in the day, meaning even five years ago, maybe ten years ago, um, it arrived in a box. Either it, either it worked or it didn't. And <laughs> it, when it didn't work, it was because something was broken. You can shake it and hear something moving. Nowadays, it comes in the box. You plug it in. It doesn't work. Then you have to go through the process of let's you know let's reload the firmware, let's flash the drive, whatever the case is. It still doesn't work. You try it again, and it still doesn't work. Then you have to get on the phone with tech support. This I I, I the the problem and my gripe against the IP based stuff that we're going into yeah. is that before it was a very quick. Oh, here's the problem. Let's get it out now. It is half your day diagnosing what the problem is, reflashing firmware, getting guys on the phone. The process and the failure rates are out of control because this thing, as soon as you put it on the network, oh, you shouldn't have put it on the network and powered it on. You first power it on, then plug it in. The steps for every different thing is out of control. You know, well, and, Chris, and Chris, the other thing we have to, as manufacturers, offer, offer in the AV industry is 24/7 support. And that's something that w the other manufacturers, including myself, you know, we're just now offering it starting this year. We came out with product that you might be initiating on a job site at 7 p.m. on Saturday, and we didn't have support at that time. Yeah. So I think that all manufacturers that are offering a network device have to have 24/7 customer support to 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 support you guys because there's potential issues once you plug something on, mm -hmm. and it's not just you know powered up where you plug it in. Okay. Network, net, plug in a network where you power it up. There's other things going on, and 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 that's something that I think that all of us manufacturers can do better. You know, Chris. even in the mindset of, of, of the integrator, it was you set this up in your shop, you test it, you bench test it, you run it through, and then you ship it to site with built. You get it to site. It was working in your shop. By the time you get it there, now the IP addresses have to change. Oh, that just locked up the board. <laughs> you and, know, and Chris. Unlock it. Fried it. Oh my God. You know, 
happened in the analog days. Somebody get me a freaking vinyl Go. record and a turntable, Go please. Ahead, George. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was about to say, and I'm going to deflate you now, Chris. You know, back in the day, a hit with a ball-peen hammer, that was considered maintenance, you know. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I saw video projects right. off the top of TVs, land on the ground. You wiggled the camera, put it back on, it worked. If I see <laughs> these days, All right, it the, will the, work. <laughs> the, the one thing I'll say in, in, in defense of the manufacturers, uh, there's probably a manual somewhere, though, Chris, that tells you in what order to do it. So and, and, and I, I agree, but, man, in the manuals, you know, you, you how many manuals are we going to have to read? Now, granted, All of them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Please. Yeah, it's war and peace when I have to build up every system, you oh, know. And one manual master. Yeah. All right. Let's get. Uh, we have spent half an hour talking about Microsoft and IP. There we go. Um, let's talk Sometimes. about Middle Atlantic. Um, this is the part of the show where I get to say, "Yay, we have a sponsor!" Uh, Middle Atlantic uh, and their Tech Ped technology pedestal. Um, Todd Puma sent me a picture and he hasn't responded yet, so I'm not going to use it. But it's a really sweet looking Middle Atlantic rack. Um, AV Nation is proud to be sponsored exclusively by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Um, for those of you listening and not watching, think about a really, really cool conference table with freaking racks built into the legs. Um, I said this last week and I'll say it again. I'll probably be using this same story um, for the next couple of weeks because it's a good one. Uh, I, we, we sold a job, the guys that I work with, uh, we sold a job in January. Programming was done. Everything was done. We did exactly what Chris said, built everything in, in, the, in the shop, tested everything out. And that stuff sat and gathered dust for two months while we waited on custom, quote unquote, mill work. Mm -hmm. That's the industry uh, term for somebody be getting paid an awful lot of money to make a, a special fancy schmancy table that has holes poked through. Well... Had I known about this product, then I would have spec'd it for the job, um, because yeah, I mean, and, and think about it, guys. If you, if your if your stuff is sitting in the warehouse um, and not in the client's um, office or conference room, guess what? You're not getting you're not getting paid either. So uh, until suckers are, are installed and and uh, and signed off on, you're not getting paid, regardless of of when they ordered it. Uh, unless you have some weird deal. So uh, so yeah, I, I would have loved to spec this. Um, Tons of colors, tons of different options. Uh, they have two pedestals and single pedestals. Single pedestal is more for like a huddle room. Uh, the two pedestal one is a is a great you know eight eight chair ten chair uh, conference table. Uh, it, on the website when when you click on it, it'll show you kind of how they build it out. Uh, you've got the two pedestals with the, which is the racks. You put the uh, conference table on top of it with the uh, cable poke throughs, and then you put uh, all the finishes on, and there you have a fancy schmancy table. Um, that uh, has racks and equipment built into it. All sorts of different options, uh, wire mold and power and stuff like that. So check them out if you would, please. Uh, go by their uh, their their special Aviation website, middleatlantic.com forward slash aviation hyphen tech ped. Middleatlantic.com forward slash aviation hyphen tech ped. Middle Atlantic products, what great systems are built upon. Uh, you know what, guys? <laughs> we spent we spent some time talking about Microsoft, and which is I have no problem doing that. Um, we have a bunch of stories, so let's just kind of go through these and see which ones kind of blow our skirts up for the next half an hour. Um, first thing is we've got a story uh, out of the journal.com talking about PC shipment declines are down. Real question there is is if they are down, guys, what what's taking their place? 
uh, as far as sources for the systems that we're doing. And uh, Chris, we'll talk. We'll ask you that real quick. It, first, do you think that the, you you believe the story? Are PCs going away? Uh, and if they are, what's what's going to replace them as the sources for uh, for our systems? PCs aren't going away. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? You ask me a question, I'm just going to give you a flat out I, answer. I know. No, I loved that about you. Next person. Next. Now, the reason why the reason why the shipment may be down is the proliferation of mobile and tablets and all that. This is just a another one of those story pieces that are out there to scare the people. Oh my God, the PCs are going. They're not going to go away. Too many people rely on PCs. Right. Uh, well, but wait, but the story is not necessarily about PC sales declining, but the rate of decline has slowed. Now, there's two things that could be said for that. Either there's a reinterest in PCs as a basis or as a fundamental, or we've hit rock bottom and there's nowhere else. And to see, slide that's why that's the way I read it was <laughs> the fact that we've hit rock bottom, and you know they've they've kind of leveled out and they're going to be what they are now, kind of like, um, well, Chris's you know eight track player sales back in the mid '80s. They kind of leveled out at about zero. Come on, man. so. <laughs> You didn't talk to him about the research. You're the one. Yeah, you know what? You're the one that keeps asking for. You're the one that keeps asking for analog stuff all day. So. Because <laughs> it works. It works. Press play. I'm gonna get him a ball peen hammer for Christmas. That, that would be nice. And I'm, I'm gonna give him my. my I'll let you drive it into my noggin. My. Uh, <laughs> I still probably still have my eight track of the uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks sing country. So. Oh my God, Tim. <laughs> And you admitted that on air? Oh, uh, yeah. So moving away from that, but are PCs considered also these microcomputers? Because we're not talking tablets. No. There are this whole new line of microcomputers mm -hmm. that people are using for numerous tasks, even as servers. Which and while it's not your traditional PC, it is a huge market. It, it, so I haven't read enough to say that that's what they're asking. But. And that's, see, that's where I was going with that was the same because the PCs um, primarily have driven a lot of our content, right? Whether it, and we can go back to the, to the Microsoft link discussion, but it also drives uh, digital signage. It drives, you know, all these other things, but then you've got these, these single little uh, uh, hardware pieces like bright signs and people like them who have got these little small little micro pieces that that's all they do, right? Uh, bright signs boxes. All they do is show p pretty pictures and videos, and they they you know scrape uh, RSS feeds and stuff. So, you know what I think is happening? I think that um, there was a race. I was one of those guys who got a new PC every six to eight months, right? Because it was 800 megahertz, then the one gigahertz, and 1.2 gigahertz, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that race slowed down. I, I, I'm talking to you guys right now in a flash-based Mac Air that's running an i7 at two gigahertz, and and that, that race to make faster and faster computers kind of slowed down. So I don't need to get another one every you know year, year and a half. There's nothing else new out there. I also think that PCs are being purchased for uh, recreational use. Like my children now all have iPads, et cetera. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I'd have bought them all little laptop computers, right? So as far as our industry, I think if someone actually did a, a survey of, of the AV industry and PC sales to it, I think it would continue to grow, right? We're not, as an industry, getting away from PCs. It's not going to happen. It's, it's a business use type thing. We use them for business, and they also drive a lot of our, our conference systems and, and AV systems. So I, I didn't put a lot of weight into it. I didn't see any radical change happening. We're not going to be running our AV systems off iPads anytime soon. 
And Tim, you know, I've been hearing about this for, for a couple of years, and I know some companies have implemented this, which is more instead of providing a laptop per se or a desktop PC, they're providing terminal access. Mm -hmm. You basically put little boxes yeah. and you just drop them in, and you are, mm -hmm. you know, when you talk about unified communications and stuff, that's the you sit at a desk, you pop in this box, it's now you're now at the PC or you're at this desk and the future of that is your phone is routed to that desk you're not having a sign space your all, all your data is there in front of you you go you go to another terminal it everything is there following you the little PCs are are are, are definitely a very interesting thing because they're a lot of them are just purpose built and if the purpose is to do excel uh, outlook whatever the the company is that's using it for it's it's a great little device. It, you're, it, back to Jonathan's point, it's not it, it's not a race for speed. Everything is now cloud based. A lot of things are still, well, not everything, but well, most of the things are out there floating in the network. You're you're not reliant on your computer outside of us running these podcasts and stuff like that to really you know give horsepower to the applications that you're using. The applications that are out there. You're just accessing them. So I think it's a new a new different way of PCs and the small PCs I definitely see as as as, as really getting in and, and perforating my mouth doesn't want to talk to my head today but they're really getting into the market and starting to take over that space as well and biting into the traditional PC environment well what's interesting is is it's kind of the new old way because when I first started working uh, they, we called them mainframes, <laughs> you know. And I was they, about to say it's uh, 1980 all over. Exactly, oh, and you, you've got you've got one giant server somewhere in the back 40 uh, in your in your uh, in your back warehouse somewhere, and you've got all these cables, and you've got a little green screen, a little keyboard, and it all goes back there. So, hello, Dave. Hello, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> all I'm missing is the punch card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, my first smartphone. I, that's what I made the sounds for. It. So I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> Um, anybody want to talk about Arrow and, and, you know, the Supreme Court and I, I've got my own personal uh, I, feelings. I, I have a really big opinion on this one because I've been on the CEA board for years and years and years. And that poor company, you know, they followed the, the laws. To the, the letter. To the, the letter, right? Yep. They, yep. they did exactly what the laws spell out. Um, innovation drives our economy. It drives this, this country. And, um, you know, if you follow the rules and you get punished afterwards, I have a real problem with that. Yep. This goes back to the Betamax. It goes back to the, all the things that we've argued in the past that have made our lives so much better. Here's the thing. I, it goes back to cable. Mm -hmm. All right. What, yeah. what, what most people don't realize is cable started out doing just this thing. Cable TV started out in this country in the 1950s and 1960s as a freaking repeater system because people on the backside of some mountain somewhere couldn't get it, right? And, yep. and it was they were repeaters. That was it. Sorry, go ahead. And they wanted to get rid of antennas in big urban areas. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're reliving the moment in uh, Blazing Saddles. Gentlemen, we have to save our phony bowling jobs. <laughs> and this is what the cable companies are doing. You know, I could just see Joe Jim Dolan going, hello, girls, I'll see you in a little bit, you know. But... It's it's really irritating me. I live in right right next to and lived in the city for 20 years, New York City, and they're doing everything they're supposed to, and everyone's going, oh, you can still make money? Yeah. And they're not stealing anything. This is my problem. What they're getting is other carriers saying, well, I don't have to pay as much because I'm not paying for your pipe. 
And it really irritates me that they're saying to the person who doesn't want their bloody box and their bloody cable and wants it on the little thing in front of them on their desk is going to have to be forced to use their version of something. Yeah. Right, and George, I could do this at my house for you, right? Mm. I could, yep. in fact, record over-the-air transmissions at my house and stream them directly to your house. Mm -hmm. How is that breaking the law? It's something that's free out there. I mean, it, 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 this thing really perturbs me, and, and I, I'm not happy with it. And I, I think there could be a resolution. You know, don't do, um, don't allow the skipping of commercials. Don't do time shifting, etc. But I think Arrow did nothing wrong, and uh, I, ho I hope they prevail in this case. Yeah, but John, if you do that, if you make that, if you make that like Arrow's like one little, you have to do that. Then they have to do the same thing to Directv, to Charter, to Cox, to Time Warner. Not allow them to skip because I mean that let's be let's be honest well, here. That's how DVRs you know became so popular. But yeah. I, but I was under the impression that uh, the Time Warner, the Cox, etc., are actually paying for that feeds. Oh, right? okay. But I, I might be totally wrong. I, 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 I hadn't heard that. That was that's interesting. Yeah, I, I actually thought that the the, the the cable companies were actually had worked out a deal with the NBCs, ABCs of the world to actually pay for that feed. Hmm. But I, I don't know. Maybe George, Chris, you know, Todd knows. Well, carriage know. fees are the dirty little secret. It's how broadcasters make a good deal of their money. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, look at ESPN. It is the king, and it's making more money at being paid for people to carry them, so that local networks can insert a local ad or two here and there. To make a good deal of money, and it's a dirty little secret, but it's where they make their money. It's it's more than what they make on most of the advertising. Well, that, that's how they started, right? I mean, there's yeah. if you you can you can YouTube the very first few minutes of of, of ESPN, and it's it's yeah. it's kind of weird and nostalgic and sad. But at first, they had no commercials, right? They they made their money when when satellites became more and more popular and, and more and more uh, viable as a, a transportation medium for for audio and video. People like. ESPN and CNN and, and HBO. Honestly, uh, these are the, these were some of the first satellite-based um, channels for for a lot of cable companies. That's how they made money. You you didn't make money any other way, but you were paid X amount of dollars. Uh, a lot of times, it was based on on s subscriber base um, for to be to have the privilege to carry you know Disney or Nickelodeon, what have you. So, and if they are succeeding in blocking Arrow. Are they going to be able to succeed in blocking me somehow legally from saying, hey, I have an off-air HD antenna in the top of my house. So I've replaced two cable boxes with two HD off-air antennas. I have an HD box now, but I'm going to replace that soon with just a Roku and an internet feed, right? But I know how to record from that HD antenna. Mm -hmm. I go right up to my DVR. I know how to do it. Am I now longer allowed? And does that mean then we have to backtrack the beta cam that, that, that case that let us do that? It's for my private use. Yeah. Um, Arrow's not inserting any advertising over any of this stuff. It is giving it raw feed, and it's giving you a DVR to say, that's what I wanted to record. How is it different from Evo, from what Replay is or was, from what Roku does? How is it different? I don't get it. And they're just trying to kill off an entire innovative industry because they don't see a way for them to make mega dollars instead of a, go a, a gob of dollars. You know, the difference is that none of us were wearing robes this week. Uh, in the Supreme Court, and that I, here's the thing that that's the other thing that kind of gets me, and and it's the fact that that there are decisions being made by well-intentioned, incredibly intelligent on a lot of different areas, but when it comes to technology, the the judiciary in this country, unfortunately, is sorely uh, underserved and 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 um, 
ignorant, and I'm using the, the term properly here, where they are ignorant mm-hmm. of technology and, and its true uses and its true intentions. So, Well, and, and Tim, I have to interject here. That's why I think the CEA is so important, mm-hmm. and anyone that's not a member of the CEA should become a member of the CEA. Um, Consumer you know, Electronics Association. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> little self-serving there. My father no. was the chairman at one point. No, no, but, I, just, I just want to make uh, sure people understood what CEA stood for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Consumer Electronics, uh, they really do protect innovation, and and they're really out there making sure that, you know, consumers' lives get better. You know, innovation can help us all, and it has. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Neto, Mr. Puma, you guys want to, what are you holding up? I can't, the contrast. I say it. I but it says that save Ferris. Oh, save Ferris. I said we start the freaking campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I, I can't believe that we're, you know, in the in the 2000s, we should have floating cars. That's not working yet. Hoverboards, but we really. can't get past this 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 point with the cable companies. They're still jamming it to us. And like you guys said, and I've read it, and I follow this story. A company doing everything by the book. Yep. Okay. Yep. Even following the path of the cable companies when they were becoming what they are today, gets jammed and gets put to the side. I, you know what, man? It's time. We throw a rally. I'm out. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is fixed. Uh, Todd, you want to you wanna comment or that, or just let Mr. Neto step out? Listen, he ended up with a high note right there. I just think it's kind of tacky, to be honest with you, the, the way they're trying to do things. They're working against us, not with us. And anytime someone's trying to do the right thing, we're constantly going after a person who's always going doing the wrong thing. And businesses today... It, it's it just it's sickening. That's what it is. Because you know, Arrow is doing the right thing in this situation. You know, make things easier, less information that's broadcasted out. Um, you know, who wants to watch commercials anyway? You know, and when you're going on the DVRs now and you're on demand, now you're getting commercials when you're watching these shows. That drives me crazy because the whole point of on demand was just watching it and kind of getting right to the show. Not all these commercials that come in. It's the same commercial over and over and over again. I'm sure it's driving everybody nuts, not just me. Damn the man. <laughs> Damn the man on that note. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is, is I, I have no problem with, with, you know, brothers and sisters trying to make money, but th- this is just, you know, it's kind of silly. All right. Um, well, I mean, yeah, that brings up one of the stories about the fun thing from Time Warner, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good segue yeah. because it has no DVR. It has no <laughs> yeah. time shift. And I have no interest in it if it doesn't. The only time I watch cable or TV in my house that's not on Netflix or Hulu or Apple TV is by, you know, my wife records The Voice or, you know, something that's happening that night. And um, that's that's the only purpose that I see for my current cable. That and I can't have my super high-speed internet unless I pay them $200 for my cable every month. Um, wow. But a new cable box that doesn't have DVR recording and I can't time shift my programming... I don't see it working. No, it's a Roku. It's a It's a live <laughs> Roku. But well, here's it's, the their thing. I, I, it's their late attempt well, to do something about it. But it is a much better graphical interface. I mean, you have to also admit that they've been hamstrung a lot of these cable companies by the fact that their boxes are made by <clears throat> Scientific Atlanta, others like that. Well, Scientific Atlanta and, and, and Motorola. Those are the two big. And ones. Motorola. And I was trying to stop this myself from proceeding that with this point. <laughs> here's the thing I, I said this before but when we were talking off air and then I'll say it here I, I really tried to do 
the cable cutting, the, the cord cutting. Um, I got rid of cable. I, I still have the internet. My kids primarily watch Netflix, this, that, and the other. Uh, and everything was going fine. Everything was groovy. You know, no, no big deal. And the, kid, the kids, there was not some great revolt. It's no big deal. They each have a Roku in, in, in their rooms and a TV. And they're good, you know, watch Netflix or what have you. Um, and then baseball season started. Um, and not so much for me. But my wife is a huge St. Louis Cardinal fan. And we live, our, our DMA is, is St. Louis. Um, and all the research and all the, everything I, I was trying to do could not get live Cardinal baseball, not even you know shifted by five minutes live Cardinal baseball, legally um, uh, on any sort of our devices, and so finally, I mean, as as we record this now, I said this before. There's a Directv guy at my house, you know, setting up you know a, a, another sort of a, a service because it, it's not because you know yes you can you can get you know give them you know they're evil and so but they're they're also hamstrung by some of their contracts, right? Some, or is it because they don't sell it every game, and if they did, it would be over the air? Well, see, that's the thing is, it, I can get I can get uh, MLB right, uh, which is one of the things I was going to do. It was one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty bucks. But if it's if it's in market uh, or it's being shown in market, they black it out. I couldn't get it. I can't yeah. watch it, and I can't even oh. watch. Let's say they're playing the Cubs, right? I couldn't watch it on Fox Sports Midwest, which is our, our local St. Louis channel, or neither can I watch it on WGN, which is the 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 uh, the Cubs uh, broadcaster. Now I can watch it after the fact, right? I can go back and, and you know DVR, basically a virtual DVR. Um, but these guys are also hamstrung by their contracts, and some of their contracts go out to 2016, 2020. I think the NFL contract in in 2020, 2021. And until their contracts come up, they can't do anything, right? And, and will they do anything in at 2020? Who knows? You know, maybe the NFL will do something, and and they'll say, you know what? Screw you guys. We're going to make our own our own app, our own channel, our own network. Um, we don't need any of you. We're just going to sell it for hundred bucks, two hundred bucks a season, and um, instead of making nine billion dollars, they can make eighteen billion dollars right there. I mean, I it, yes, I that that actually just brought up something in my head, and I got to get it out. Shoot, look at the look at them, and you may have covered this in a previous show. I don't know, but look at what WWE is doing. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Ten dollars a month. Their pay-per-views are now off. You can now get whatever their pay-per-views are, which were $50, $60 a pop. You get them by paying a subscription fee of $10 a month for their service and all their shows and all their back catalogs and all that. I, I can't stress enough how revolutionary that is in my head for some reason, is that they have taken everything and basically just said, we're just going to create our own mm -hmm. channel over the internet, and they just cut everybody out. And, 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 they, and once and they, some of these contracts are up, I think some of these sports uh, franchises will do that. Um, but it's it's they still have they have contracts right um, that last until who knows you know how, how when and then once you know once those contracts as they come up for renewal, I think that more and more um, sports franchises will take a look at what the WWE is doing um, and and emulate it in some way, shape, or form. So. Um, Yes, sir. Yes, John. Anybody? It, still is, it still doesn't fix the problem that I can't get 40 megabits a second in my house without cable. That, well, that's, <laughs> that's your, that's your supplier. The oldest infrastructure in the world still yeah. powering our, uh, our, our phone and internet service. I mean, please. Yeah. I'm still waiting for fiber for crying out loud. You know, I can't get Fios, and I am 30 minutes outside of uh, New York. Uh, yeah, 
that's silly to me. I, I, I live just I live ten miles out of New York and I can't get fiber. John, how far away do you live from New York? (laughs) (laughs) A couple thousand miles, but I can say that the Cox uh, download station is literally across the runway on the other side. I see their dish, and, um, you know, there there is no way if I I cut off my cable subscription for the the Internet that I want, Mm -hmm. my price goes up $150 a month. Oh, so I might, have, you know, by just buying the cable with the internet, it's a package deal. It's, a, it it's free less, at that so. point, dude. Maybe those Google drones or those Facebook drones. You know, maybe sooner or later I'll get my internet from drones. I don't Google know. balloons. Yeah. This may be a, a silly question, but do the old uh, satellite dishes still exist? There was like a big. I mean, I, I remember growing up, my dad had the big satellite dish with the oh, yeah. motor the that the C band, the C band, and the KU bands. Yeah. Huh? With yep. the, are they still out there? Absolutely. Well, how do you think you get everything, dude? I mean, that's the, that's no, the thing. No, no, I'm saying people actually still get them and put them 10-foot dishes on their houses. I, I don't live could. in a place that has that, so I don't know. You you could in theory. I mean, there's and there's a lot of free-to-air um, on those dishes. That Everything's moved to digital now instead of analog. Um, but there's a lot of free-to-air. NASA's uh, service is, is free-to-air, which means that you can – there's no encryption. You don't have to have a special um, unencryption boxes uh, to it. You just got to mm-hmm. find the bird and – and and connect to it honestly. Um, my buddy, our buddy Michael Drainer, um, works with Sennheiser. Uh, he does that on the side for a couple of stations in St. Louis, still some some small power. And uh, I'll help him out from time to time, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll be setting up a satellite dish, and we'll watch, you know, NASA, and you know, this. Uh, there's a couple arts and and entertainment, uh, not A and E specifically, but some a couple arts mm-hmm. uh, programs. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, you can. Um, cool. All right. I didn't know that that was still out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we'll hit it with the, the two-for-one deal. Chris Netto and Todd Puma. Um, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, man. Where can people – Todd, let's start with you. Where can people find you and your fine company um, and uh, and then the Red Band stuff? Uh, you can find me at www.thesourcehometheater.com or on Twitter at – Todd Anthony Puma. And Mr. Neto? I can be uh, found just about anywhere. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Chris underscore Neto. Uh, you can find me at abshop.com. You can find me at the Red Band site. You can find me at chopshopmics.com. You can find me just about anywhere. I'm easily found. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're an easy guy to find. Uh, real quick, just ju- just to, to show it here. This is Todd's rack, which, by the way, is a middle Atlantic rack. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's pretty nice. So uh, there's a there's a is that a is a it's a DM what? It's not a DMPS, so it's a DM eight by eight. DM eight by eight. That's yeah, correct. That's yeah. a nice. And a swamp, twenty four by eight. Nice. The rest of his neighbors are complaining because their lights are flickering. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to show my wife that. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, thank you guys, Mr. Tucker, George Tucker from World Stage. Where can people find you? Uh, Tucker Tuesday. Tucker Twos on Twitter. I write for EH Pubs, specifically commercial integrator, corporate tech decisions for Red Band for you, and a host of others. You write for me? Holy cow. Wow. Poetry. I wrote what he was saying right now. Oh, there you go. All right. So last but not least, John Ivey. Uh, well, from a lot of companies, but let's let's talk about Atlas Sound. Uh, where can people find you or, or Atlas Sound, sir? Yep, www.atlassound.com, uh, Twitter, Atlas Sound. Um, of course, I, I work with IED and uh, mm-hmm. www.mytechusa, spelled M-I-T-E-K, USA.com. And that's the, that's the parent company there. So 
Yep, that's that, a parent company. That'll hold everybody. Uh, all right. Uh, don't follow me. Go to the website. They've spent a lot of time, they being the people who built it, not me. Spent a lot of time on it. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, the the writer, Mr. Tucker, um, has a new show coming out called The Lighting Guy Show. Is that right? Yes. The Lighting Guy the Show. The Lighting Guy Show. With James P. Bedell. James P. Bedell. Lots mm-hmm. of emphasis there. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, commercial lighting basics, how to integrate them, the tools, the tips, the technology, designers, all kinds of cool stuff. Very cool. Hey, Tim. Yes. Not going to let you go. Not yet. What? Oh, dang, come it. Uh, hang on. Well, let me get through this and we'll talk about that. Um, this, that <laughs> program, uh, our AV app show and, and this, that, and the other. Uh, so yeah, go by the website, avnation.tv. Uh, last year at Infocom, we had a little soiree, uh, the AV tweet up on, I think last year it was on Thursday. So Mr. Neto. We're back. <laughs> and we're better than ever. Now this year we're going to, we're going to do something. What I was hoping that you were going to segue into before you cut this program. I forgot. Off, well, we're in an hour. Why so. don't you drop what Aviation is doing at Infocom, man? Okay. We're just not going. <sighs> well, we're going. I mean, we're not going to no, have a you're booth. You're not going to be an innocent bystander there, please. I am always Talk about innocent. What you're doing. Unleash the beast. Okay. <laughs> so here's here's what we've got uh, as of today's date and what we know so far. Uh, we're going to be at, at, at Infocom. Uh, we will have a booth of some sort. Uh, they're still working out the details. And we will have a, a get-together, an AV, another AV tweet-up. It'll be on Wednesday afternoon, um, probably around 4, 4.30. What? What? The party. I thought, I, was, I, thought you, I thought you were going to correct me. I'm like, oh, okay, no. that's right. Uh, so, yeah, so Wednesday uh, of, of, of Infocom. Uh, stay tuned to this program and, and others on, on the channel. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll put a big tweet up um on it so we're gonna shoot for like 4 4 30 as you're leaving the show floor uh you can come by hang out uh get some refreshments meet some cool people uh last year there was about 150 200 people that, that kind of got together so it was a really cool time um we had giveaways huh names. do what putting faces with twitter handles for putting tw- tech chi that was the first time i met tech chi oh, yes. that was that was odd <laughs> not she's odd but she's like i'm tech chi and it took me for a second I'm like oh so <laughs> Uh, I think this year we're going to put uh, name tags on our on our. You know, my name is Tim, and this is my Twitter handle. Um, so yeah, if if you're going to Infocom, please please make uh, make arrangements to come by. Uh, like I said, Wednesday afternoon, on your way to one party or another, uh, swing by as you're leaving the show floor, uh, and come and say hey. Um, so we're we're nice people. George doesn't bite much, and and Matt shot Matt Scott has had his shots. So, but you, but you know what, Tim? Though yes. the one last thing, hmm? if they don't come to us, we're coming to you. That's true, <laughs> because we no, uh, we're we're gonna have some guys, some some rabid people. Full force. We're gonna hit up the booths. We're gonna put some some things in action. I got some some uh, messages from Mark Coxon. He's looking to create some debauchery and. Test out just as far as, you know, those 300 feet of uh, of RJ45 terminated cable in between two. Uh, um, um, was it HD based TV just last year? Actually, work. He yeah. wants to do plug fest. He he's an he's an angry fella who's looking to see what these AV companies want uh, can do with their products. So we're gonna have some fun. Yeah, more so than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So last year we we it, Mark actually promised a wrap off. Um, with one of the the uh, people from from Vadio, and that never happened. So let's see if we can do that. So, 
but yeah, if you're going to Infocom, please stop by. Uh, we'll have more information as the weeks come and go. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're very cool, very excited about the the tweet up and everything. So uh, come by and see us. Go by the website, you'll find out all information there. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. <laughs>